Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening. Whatever time of the day it is, you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And uh, so, you know, hope everybody had a nice uh, Christmas weekend. And Santa was good to everyone. So, uh, Merry Belated Christmas to listeners who may have not heard the pregame podcast for the Giants game. And uh, happy holidays to all, and to all a good night, as they say. All right. So, Giants-Eagles, can't say I'm all that surprised the way this game played out. If you listen to the pregame podcast, you know I had this game close. I did finally, after three weeks, pick the Eagles to win. And I did so cautiously because they just not been playing well. And they didn't play well again yesterday. So uh, I kind of pinned this game, I think, pretty accurately. I had the Eagles winning the game um, 27-20. to And Matt in the pregame podcast predicted 24-14. Both of us basically right on in terms of the point differential. The spread was like 13.5, which I knew was ridiculous. I didn't didn't think that this game, although it should have been. I mean, the Eagles, the game was far closer than it should have been. But again, you just, I had to factor in the stuff that happened in the game because it's the way the Eagles were playing all year. Just sloppy, sloppy ass football. They gave the Giants 15 points. Just gave it to them. Opening kickoff in the second half. Two guys run into each other. I mean, what is that? Fumbles the ball, gets the Giants get the ball like the 11-yard line. Quickly score a touchdown. There's an easy seven points given to them. I think they went for two at that point, too, I think. So that was eight points. And then, um, you know, the pick six where the uh, Dallas Goddard fell down in the play and Basically hurts through right to the Giant for a pick six long touchdown return. Um, you know, that one's not Hurts' fault. Although, you know, the Eagles have been a turnover machine this year. It goes on Hurts' record, of course. Um, but that one you can't really blame Hurts for. That was, uh, you know, Goddard fell down on a play. And it was an easy pick six. But, you know, outside of that, you know, the game shouldn't have been as close as it was. But this is why I thought it would be a close game because it just the Eagles just can't get their act straightened out this year. The entire year this team has just been saying to us and telling us we're going to get it fixed, we're going to get this fixed, we're going to get that fixed, we're going to get this fixed, we're going to do better. We're gonna do that. But this is the same team. This is the same team here at week 16 now that they were at the beginning of the season when they were screwing up games and playing like crap and not playing up to the standard as they all call it. They continue to not play at this team. I mean, this is the Eagles this year. And is this team good enough to win a Super Bowl? No. They're just not. I have faced that reality. And, you know, I'm just, I guess I'm just trying to prepare some Eagle fans out there that may not be have faced that reality. Now, here's the other thing. And I'm going to get into the game and break it all down, but I wanted to kind of go back to my venting podcast after the Seattle loss because I was very hard on the Eagles and I was extremely hard on Hurts, and I know that. There's a lot of good reasons behind that, and it's all justified. 
It's all completely accurate. I'm not backing away from what I said. However, um, I might, I may just give it a little more thought because I think there's, it's not just hurts, and I don't want to, I don't think I, I wanted to convey that it's just hurts. I definitely focused that vent. And for those of you who are not know, know what I'm referring to, you can go back to the post game podcast of Seattle because that's the one I'm referring to here. And I just been doing a lot of thinking about it. Um, and again, I'm not taking back anything that I said, any of the criticisms, not backing away from. What I am going to back away from is just anyone who may have misconstrued me to saying that hurts the reason why his team's not playing well. I did say that that game uh, on Saturday, the one, or sorry, on that Monday night game against Seattle was on Hurts. That is true. I'm not backing away from that either. But uh, there's a lot of other things going on in this team that I may not have emphasized or highlighted as much as I I should. There's there's some really weird, wacky stuff going on with the coaching staff and probably management, which is starting to surface. Um, I don't, I can't pinpoint it. I can't tell you, Hey, this is exactly what's happening, but something's amiss. Something's off with this coaching staff and the players in general, there's a disconnect going on and what's the cause of it, where it's happening exactly. I don't know, but I think this is one of the reasons why this, this team just looks confused at times the, the play calling has just been up and down and all, everywhere and just overall not good a whole season. Now, here's the thing. I said in the beginning of the year, you know, as I sit here and criticize what I'm saying and talking about, I did say that my biggest concern heading into the season was the coaching changes. You know, that's the thing. What happens when you have successful teams is they're in the offseason. All these other coaches are firing their staff. They're going to pick from the teams that are most successful. Um, and the Eagles lost both the defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator last year. Shane Steichen went to the Colts. And as as we know, Jonathan Gannon went to the Cardinals, who we're going to see this weekend. Those are not easy. Some, some teams can, you know, they have people in line to replace. And the Eagles, of course, probably thought that they did. They didn't have defense. They had to go outside the organization of the defense. Um. And uh, and offensively, they just gave it to you know Hertz's quarterback coach, and I don't I've been very critical of him all year. And it's just tough for teams to that lose their coaching and lose that symmetry and that consistency and relationships and all of that. Sometimes it takes a year or two to find out if you have the right coaches that you replace them with, number one, and then just to kind of get them on the same page. It's just you got to develop that. It just doesn't happen overnight. You can't just flip a switch. And I said that was my biggest concern going into the season was the the coaching changes and how that would impact the team. Now, that record-wise, the damn, the damn, I mean, you know, the Eagles have had a good, good season record-wise. But as we know, there's been a lot of underlying issues. And now these underlying quote-unquote issues are starting to surface. As the team went through that losing streak, you know, there was a lot of, there's just a lot of, I don't know, it's hard to even, like I said, it's hard for me to even put a finger on it. But you can tell 
right? If, if you've been watching the Eagles for a while or just know football and know what good football looks like, there's just a lot of bickering going on with the Eagles. Sirianni just, I don't know. I mean, I like Sirianni as a coach, but he seems to be losing grasp of the team perhaps, but, or at least losing grasp of his own temperament. I think that he's taken some of the criticisms about accountability that he got really short with the media this week. And now he's just yelling at everybody on the sidelines. Like he, he just feels like he needs to show everyone now that he's yelling at his players and holding him accountable, which is not going to go over well with the players. They don't want to be showing up on television. I mean, there's times to do that. Absolutely. But yesterday, um, the one instance I'm kind of, um, I guess, remarking about right now is the Redick play. I mean, Redick was, he's one of the only, I'm going to go through the thumbs up, thumbs down guys in a moment here about yesterday's game. Redick was the only one on defense. I mean, at least he was the standout on defense, especially on the line. He's the only one that did anything. I mean, there was probably a handful of plays where he was the only one getting pressure or making a big play or, you know, disrupting the plays. He had a great game yesterday. Uh, and he made that one play, again, all-effort play, where he was trying to track down the quarterback, and he hit him low because he was just trying to tackle him, and he got a flag for a 15-yard penalty. Now, I think it was, I mean, in today's NFL, it's a good call. To me, in the, the old NFL days when I grew up, that's just Below, it's just a BS call, but this pampered NFL that we live in, that's, they're going to call it every single time, hitting the low, quarterback in the low, below the legs or whatever. So ridiculous. But uh, in today's NFL, that's going to be a penalty. But he, like, yells. I mean, Sirianni was, like, screaming at Redick about that. Um, I don't know. If I'm a coach, there are a lot more problems on this team than an all-effort play by Redick who happened to hit the quarterback low just trying to make a I just that's the, not the time to you know explode on on Redick, who's one of the only players yesterday who showed up defensively. So I just it's just that, and then AJ Brown you hear it after the after the uh, game was over, just refused to talk to the media and said I don't have anything nice, you know I don't have anything nice to say to you guys and just left. And you you know Devontae Smith on the other side, they interviewed him and he goes you know they were congratulating him on the thousand yards for the second straight year. By the way, congratulations Devontae. Um, and, you know, Devontae's like straight out saying, listen, I'm not going to, you know, he's basically like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. We got a lot of issues right now. We're not playing well. You know, we need to play better. Uh, he was totally frustrated. And he's just saying this team, we're just not playing well. And we continue to not play well. Even after a win, he was very critical. And and that's where the, I think the team's mindset needs to be. Not bickering and this and that. Just being their own personal um, motivator. And there's just, I don't know, man. It's just this feel of the team right now is not good. They got two more weeks to figure this thing out and try to position themselves in the right mindset and, and confidence level for the playoffs. Like the players are starting next week. The Eagles are going nowhere. They're not going anywhere right now. This team, way too many mistakes, way too many turnovers. They're still not playing well. They're finally starting to figure out to give Swift the ball more, so that's a that's an improvement. Hertz seems to be playing healthy. He looks pretty healthy out there right now, so I don't want to hear any excuses about him not being healthy anymore. He's healthy. Um, 
but there's just something amiss. They're just still not connecting. There's still not a flow. It's just too inconsistent and defenses. Now the defense, you know, I'm not going to kill them. They've been bad all year, but they've been really banged up all year too. You never use injuries as an excuse, but there is a reason. You know, you could use it as a reason at least. Never excuse it. Every team's got injuries, but as a reason for the struggles, they've had a lot of injuries. Yesterday, they're playing with uh, both of, without both of their starters at linebacker. Slay being out, the starting quarterbacks out. So they no starting quarterback, no starting linebackers. Um, and it looked like it. You know, again, they just can't stop anybody. The Giants have one of the most pitiful offenses in the entire NFL. They stink offensively. They have one player, Barkley. They haven't had their quarterback all year. Talk about injuries. You know, they're on their third string quarterback. He stinks. Talk about all you want about, you know, the Italian stallion or whatever you want. The guy's terrible. He's a third string quarterback for a reason. Not saying anything guy personally. I mean, it's a good story. You know, I get all that. But he's not a good quarterback. And he was terrible yesterday. He wasn't throwing anything more than 10 yards down the field. And their backup came in. They pulled him out of there. And they threw a 70-yard touchdown pass. The Giants haven't had a pass that deep the entire year. But they beat our defense for it. I mean, our defense is just terrible. This is coming off the Seattle debacle the week before. So here's the – I don't want to be – see, the thing is, as I'm kind of reframing this, because I, I was really hard on the Eagles in that post game against Seattle, which is, again, I'm not backing away from it. But there's a bigger picture problem here. It's not just Jalen Hurts. He's part of it. But overall, there's just something off. And it hasn't been able to get – even their wins that they've had, they were all, a lot of them were just ugly wins. Either ugly wins or we just, you know, held on. And good teams, yes, good teams find ways to win. But good teams also know how to put away bad teams. And yesterday, the Giants are terrible. You have them at home. You're up 20-3. to three, And somehow this game, this game ends up going down to the last play of the game in the end zone. It's just, that's, you know. You can't be comfortable with this team right now heading into the playoffs. you got two more weeks to get this thing straightened out, Eagles. And I think that it's possible. I'm not trying to be too doom and gloom. I still think the Eagles can get this right, as ridiculous as it sounds. I don't think it will happen. So there's a difference there. But it can. The possibility is there. Sometimes teams can suddenly click. And, you know, with the, here's the, here's the other thing. That I think is 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 um, is a factor, and as I've always believed this, that teams that go deep into the playoffs the year before, sometimes they need to know. Okay, hey, the playoffs second season, we're in. Sometimes they got to fight to get in. They don't look great doing it, but once they get to the playoffs, suddenly it does click, and these really really good teams turn it on. I've seen it before. I definitely have, and I think there might be something to that, and it's possible the Eagles could also follow that lead. I'm also thinking about teams like Kansas City, right? People are down in the Chiefs right now, and with good reason. They're not playing well at all. 
there's actually a lot of internal stuff going on there with the Chiefs too. They're they're showing their frustrations way more than the Eagles are. Sometimes the, the Eagles are more subtle stuff. But we got Mahomes again yesterday yelling at his bench again for like the second week in the last three weeks or something when he's kind of just went off. Kelsey losing it. Reed's got to get in, you know, get in, you know, in the middle of it, calm his guys down. Chiefs are not playing well either. But the Chiefs are another team with the coaching that they have. The team, just we know the Chiefs are good, right? And they're experienced. That's another thing. Those experienced teams really can rise to the surface in the playoffs. The Chiefs are another team that, okay, they may be a third or fourth seed going in. I don't know what they're going to be. Third seed probably maybe. I don't know. I'm not really following the AFC as much. I'm really focused more on the Eagles and the AFC. But whatever seed they may have, my point is they're going to be a dangerous team just because they're the Chiefs. They got Andy Reid. They got Mahomes. They got Kelsey. They have guys who have been there before, and they get a good defense. Defense is a lot better than ours. But that team is one that you can you know that they could turn it up when the lights are on the brightest. And I think that if the Eagles could start figuring it out here in the next couple weeks against bad teams, I mean, let's face it, but sometimes, you know what? That's okay. You want to get the confidence back, and you got to do it against bad teams, so be it. You know, the Eagles already played their tough teams. I, I hear, well, the Eagles got such an easy schedule. Us to like, yeah, because they played their tough part of the schedule already. So all these other teams that are trying to fight their way to for better seating or whatever, just get a playoffs, and they got these tougher last games. Well, so what? The Eagles already played those teams. The Eagles had the toughest schedule in the NFL this season. So I don't want to hear anyone, oh, they got a, a week ending in their schedule. Yeah, because they played the first freaking 15 games against the toughest teams in the league, the toughest schedule. They had the toughest schedule in the NFL. So don't give me this week schedule then the season crap. And finally, you know, and the Giants weren't supposed to be this bad, but they are. And it's still a divisional game. So there's always something to be said about that. Giants are not going to roll over for the Eagles. All right. So, all that being said, my criticism of Hurts, I got to play this, okay? Because for those of you who thought I was being too hard on Hurts or have been hard on him uh, off and on, and certainly this year it's probably been more on than off, I like Jalen Hurts. Uh, I feel like I was going to say that. You know, I'm a Hurts fan. But. I point out his flaws, and I have done so so many times in this show. You guys know what I've said, right? What have I said? He leaves the pocket too soon. He's been doing that. I've been saying that probably for those of you who've been with you for a long time, but probably sick of me even saying it to you, and I can understand. I get it. Hopefully you understand where I'm coming from, and you see it yourself, so you don't think I'm just talking, you know, out of my ass, so to speak. But... The things that I've been saying on this program, this podcast that I that you tune into, and I appreciate it as always. And I try to tell you that, listen, guys, Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff. I'm just a fan, but I, I know what I'm talking about. And I, I don't want to sit there and sound like I'm patting myself on the back, but I guess I kind of I feel like I need to every once in a while just so I can establish credibility with you, if I don't have it with you already or your new listener. Um because I'm not just a, a fan of the Eagles. I know football. I played football. I know the game. I followed it for over 40 years. And 
the national beat writers or the, the, the local beat writers, I should say, that, that are following the team, the local guys, John McMullen, I'm a huge fan of. Some of you Eagle fans out there probably have heard the name, John McMullen, right? Local guy in Philadelphia. I'm just going to play for you what he just said for the first time, because I listen to him all the time. Big fan of his. And so this is from uh, Jacob Sports, and this is his postgame analysis last night. And he said this about Jalen Hurts. And let me just say before I play this, have you heard this type of criticism from somebody else before? Here we go. Offensively, they definitely have to clean things up. But if I'm talking about Jalen Hurts, I'll tell you guys, the thing that disturbed me most about Jalen Hurts today, the numbers were fine. I don't blame the pick six on um, he is going, he is back to immediately flushing right or left instead of climbing the pocket. So the minute he feels pressure, he's flushing, he's flushing outside. And, you know, a couple coaches have told me the minute you flush, it plays over, you flushed it. Um, instead of climbing the pocket, now, he's able to do some different things, and you saw it. It was ironic because they started the run-the-ball chant like 14-50 in the fourth quarter, and then the third. I think that's that's pretty much all I wanted to play. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of just smiling while I'm listening to it because I'm like, how many times have I said exactly what? Now, I, don't, I haven't used the term flush. I've been just saying he runs out of pocket and leaves it too soon. That's exactly what he's talking about. Now, for some reason, he's only noticing it now, or I've been noticing it well, the entire year, or at least early on. You guys know I've been saying this repeatedly, and I criticized him of this back in his rookie his first year as a starter. This is what he was doing. And you can hear McMullen say, you just heard him say that he's resorting back to leaving the pocket too soon or flushing it, as he calls it, flushing the pocket, and rather than climbing up, and we meant climbing up, meaning just staying in a pocket and moving forward and keeping the pocket around you. This is what I've been talking about for weeks, months. And did you hear the other thing he said? Did you catch that too? How many times have I said when he leaves the pocket, the play is ruined? He just said the same exact thing. Now, this is a guy with established media credentials, been following football even longer than me. But I'm ahead of the curve folks. And so are you for being the part of this program. So, uh, so thank you very much again for, you know, tuning in. And while I got you here, make sure you follow, subscribe and share and rate it five stars. If you can, some platforms, I know won't lie to rate it. All right. Enough of that. I'm done patting myself on the back, even though I'm, I'm really not meaning to do that. But again, you know, because I'm just a small guy in a podcast, I, I want to just want to make sure that you guys understand that, uh, I know of which I speak. Okay, back to the game. So my criticism of Hertz. Now, Hertz actually played. I shouldn't say it. See, again, I say it that way. You're going to think, oh, this guy's just a Hertz hater. I'm not. I shouldn't say it that way. But I am more surprised than that that he's when he when he's playing a better game because he's just been playing just so poorly all year. Um. Or inconsistently, I won't say poorly, but inconsistently. Again, I'm going to try to mark my words a little better because I feel like I've, I've kind of probably hammered them too too hard in that post game. 
But Hurts yesterday, actually, I thought he played a pretty good game overall. Um, the pick six, and I agree with McMullen. You heard him say that he's not blaming Hurts for that. I don't either. Uh, Goddard slipped on the play, and, you know, it is what it is. Um, he made that amazing play. I think it was it was really a pivotal point in the game when um, the Eagles were – well, it was like third and 20. And this is when the Giants had some momentum. And uh, Hertz just made one of those plays that a few quarterbacks in this league can make. And this is why Hertz can be special at times. Really, really can. And it was a third and 20, and he completed a pass to Metcalf, which ended up going for like 30-something yards. It was a huge, huge play, and it was a great play by Hertz, who made something out of nothing on that play. Um. So it's kind of almost like a, like a double-edged sword because I think Hertz thinks that he's you know could pull these Houdini acts uh, off more than he can. Like you always, you're always hopeful that he, you know, as a player himself, I'm sure he's thinking, oh, I'll be able to pull something, you know, I'll be able to do this, and like he does sometimes. But again, the odds dramatically shrink when he leaves the pocket, and that's the point McMullen made. That's the point that I've been making forever. So he needs to really fix that if the Eagles are going to go anywhere. In the playoffs, Hertz needs to, number one, fix that part of his game. And he needs to do it over the next couple weeks because he's still doing it right now. Week 15. Or game 15, I should say. So he's got two more games to fix that. Because it's so important. And, I, and to me, this is when it starts getting into coaching. Because clearly the coaches aren't freaking telling Jalen that he needs to stay in the damn pocket. He's not being coached up. And that's where it's a failure in Sirianni and Johnson and whoever else. I don't know who the quarterback coach is now. But it doesn't matter. I mean, he's the head coach, Sirianni. Got the offensive coordinator, who's formerly his quarterback coach, in, in uh, Johnson. And uh, clearly nobody's telling Hurts this because he's leaving the pocket way too soon. And even as McMullen also said, which I've been saying forever, he even leaves when he doesn't need to, when he's just sensing – Pressure that's not even there. And those are the most frustrating times when he leaves the pocket for me. So, but overall, Hertz played well yesterday. He is uh, one of the reasons why they won that game for sure. He played well. You know, the pass, he, finally, he threw more over the middle. I mean, so those are the things that Matt and I were talking about in the pregame podcast. Start throwing the ball over the middle, please. We saw more passes to Goddard. We saw the, the slant touchdown pass to... Uh, uh, Devontae Smith, those were all over the middle. Uh, he also dumped the pass off more, so there was some progress I saw in this game, other than him leaving the pocket too soon again. Uh, but he was doing the dump downs. He threw to Gainwell and Swift in the dump downs uh, more than I've seen him do. So sounds like they finally worked on that part of the game that I've been freaking banging the, my head against the wall saying they need to do. Um, so a lot of progress in certain areas with Hurts yesterday. Again, overall, I think he played a really good game. Threw for over 300 yards. I thought he looked good running the ball again. I mean, he made the stupid play down the sideline when he should have ran out of bounds. They had no timeouts left, and he cut it back inbounds. One of the dumbest plays as a quarterback. I don't know how you not know that. But uh, he immediately said it was his fault, but and then he got lucky because the stupid giant you know, was just leaning on him, wouldn't get off him, and then started playing around with the ball for some reason and got a delayed game call. 
which I heard some Giants fans like barking about that call, saying it was a stupid call by the refs, or how could they call that? that that's a that was a great call. I mean, that was a there's no doubt that was delay the game. I mean, come on, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, it was a blatant delay of the game. I mean, I don't know what the hell the Giants were doing on that play, but the Eagles got a break because the the, the the half should have ended, and the Eagles wouldn't have got, been able to kick the uh, kick the field goal. But they were able to get Elliott on to kick it because of the delay of game penalty. But Hurts with a stupid. I mean, it, he's got to get out of bounds. What the hell are you doing? And it gets back to the coaching. You know, it gets back to the coaching and just the mentality of the team overall. They're just sloppy. They're sloppily coached, and they're a sloppy team. So they do get a, the field goal at the end of the half, and then they get the ball to start the second half. You think, all right, got the momentum, rub big. And what happens? Start of the epic Eagles collapse yesterday. Now, again, fortunately ended up winning the game. But they had to hold on against the pitiful Giants team. Playing, This is why I'm just saying, playing sloppy football like this, you're not going anywhere in the playoffs. We are not going anywhere. So the, one of the most comical plays you'll ever see, opening kickoff of the second half, Boston Scott's back, running it back. And Zacchaeus, whoever was he was trying to block, pushes him back 10 yards right into Boston Scott as he was catching the ball and just starting to run with it. They run into each other, and Boston Scott loses the ball. Fumble, Giants get it at like the 11-yard line. Run a couple plays, touchdown Giants. Suddenly, major momentum turn. And then there was the pick six a little bit later on. The game got really close, and the Eagles were able to. Uh, the Eagles, to their credit, were able to make some sustained, pretty sustained uh, drives and were able to, to, to put the game away. But just you just shake your head watching this team. And then you laugh, too, at the comical stuff. I mean, that, that play at the opening of the second half was ridiculous. It's like football follies type stuff. Um, so I'm just going to go through my thumbs up. Devontae Smith, thumbs up game. He played a really good game. I don't think he had any drops. He had the long touchdown run. And I don't know why they don't throw to him more often. You know, it seems to me this is another sort of troubling sign for me in a way. I mean, A.J. Brown's great. I get it. But he seems like Hertz will just go on these sprees where he'll just throw to Brown one time, you know, time and time and time and time again, all in a row. I don't know why he does that. You rarely see him do that with Smith. And Smith is getting open. I mean, Smith is open a lot. And uh, I just wish he would spread the ball around a little bit more between the two. He gets really A.J. Brown happy uh, every once in a while. Just keep throwing to him. Which, again, (laughs) there's a lot worse people that you can throw to in the league than them. Uh, and Brown's great. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I think t- team's going to start zeroing in on Brown late in the game if that's all Hurts is going to throw to, you know, habitually. Um, speaking of Brown, thumbs up as well. He had, he had another really good game. Uh, so both of my receivers played very well. Again, we talked about Riddick. Riddick was one of the only standouts on defense. Um and certainly on the defensive line, he uh, he was an impactful player and uh, really, really, I thought, played well. Uh, Britton Covey, 
finally broke one. I've been waiting all year. He's been uh, one of the top returners in the league all season. And he finally broke one uh, in a really, really uh, big run. So it was good to see. And it was early in the game. And he just continues to uh, play very well. Shaq Leonard, folks, showing some glimpses of the four-time All-Pro linebacker. I mean, he was, uh, especially early in the game, he was making some impactful plays, stuffing the run, you know, and he's very energetic, which is good. So I think he gives our, our defense a little bit of juice when he's in there. And there was a lot of pressure on the linebackers yesterday because no Zach Cunningham, no Morrill. The Eagles had two linebackers in there, one who's never played a f- football game in his life. On defense, I think he's played a little special team. Ben Ben Suverin uh, got his first NFL start. Think about that. Um, and Leonard got his first start as an Eagle uh, because again they had nobody else. I mean, this was they're down at the bottom of the barrel right now. Uh, and I thought both of those guys. I mean, I, I don't think they were spectacular. I thought Leonard really made some really good plays, some tackles for losses, and. Um, he showed some signs of, you know, at least a, uh, he had a moment of fountain of youth there and, and showed that he could still play. I don't know if he's – I think he's much better now. I think he's I think he's really turned into like a downhill linebacker. I think laterally he's still very, uh, very slow. And uh, I haven't really been impressed with him going from sideline to sideline. But I think uh, as being a down linebacker, at least they can – help stuff the run and stuff like that. Maybe blitz occasionally and things of that nature and read def- read the, read the offensive plays and attack. I think that's where you're going to see Leonard make a difference when he's in there. Uh, hopefully we get Zach and Morrow back next week. I don't know how bad their injuries are. Certainly neither one of them were able to start this week, which says they have to be pretty significant because the Eagles know how low, uh, how desperately they really need those guys. So I would say that that probably puts them both in serious question for next week as well because they must have some pretty significant injuries. Morrow's got like an abdomen thing that's been not nothing specific. It's just, you know, an abdomen problem. So I don't know exactly what that could be. Uh, and then uh, Cunningham, I guess, has got, you know, a knee injury he's been dealing with for uh, several weeks now. Uh, either way, hopefully those guys, I mean, I guess it's nothing like long-term. They should be back at some point, uh, you know, um, I think the Eagles are probably going to be cautious with them as well because they're going to need them for the playoffs more than these last two games at the end of the season, even though these are important games in terms of the Eagles' seeding. Um, Sidney Brown, I thought, played pretty well again. Um, I didn't see him over-pursuing as much as, as he has in the past. Uh, he's an aggressive, hard hitter, and I know he uh, kind of went high that one guy with an elbow. It's the kind of guy that he, you know, he kind of plays this way. He plays a little bit on the edge. And uh, I know he kind of stirred things up with the Giants yesterday. I'm not advocating him, you know, elbowing people in the head on a tackle, <laughs> stuff like that. But I love his fire and I love his energy. And uh, I think as he continues to get more experience, uh, he's going to continue to develop. And, and I think he's really going to be a special player. I really, I really do. He's going to be an Eagle fan favorite and a leader in this defense here in, in short time in my uh you know, within a, another couple of years, I think, for sure. Uh, Kelly Ringo. Ringo, I thought, played well. Um, this is really two weeks in a row. He's, I thought he played pretty well last week against Seattle. He did pretty well shutting Metcalf down. Uh, and I thought he played pretty well yesterday. He got the pick at the end of the game as well. So he got his first uh, career interception. So he's really showing some good signs. The fourth-round draft pick there 
Uh, so uh, very, very um, encouraging uh, game again on a Ringo. And it might he might start pushing for time, you know. Bradbury, as we know, has been struggling all year. And once Slay comes back, you wonder if, you know, they may start mixing him in more uh, on the opposite of him, um, you know, with Bradbury. It would be interesting to see what happens there. Van Super might have him on the up on the up arrows only because I don't think he did anything like standout, but the fact that it was his first start and he's really a depth guy at best on his team, I thought he held his own. So up arrows for him. Uh definitely up arrows for our running backs. I thought both Swift Swift had one of his best games of the season. Uh he was great. I mean, he was, you know, he was showing some swift signs from way back in the beginning part of the season when he was leading the league in rushing. Uh, Swift is, um, he really had a, a nice, a nice game yesterday. And Gainwell, I thought played well, you know, Gainwell has been, a, been very good for the last couple of weeks. I think around two or three weeks, Gainwell is kind of doing his thing. Uh, you know, he's, he's definitely serves a purpose. I think he's on the field too often. I agree with a lot of Eagle fans who have that same, uh, sentiment. Uh, I wish Swift would get more carries, but Gainwell is there for a reason. And, you know, you, you do see why the Eagles like him because he could run the ball when you need him to. And he's very good receiving. Uh, he fights for yards. He does a really good job fighting for extra yards, especially for the size he is. He's not a big guy. But he's a tough guy to bring down for his size. And um, for the most part, it's been pretty dependable. So uh, I thought both those guys played really well yesterday. They were keys to the win. Uh, so that's it for thumbs up. Thumbs down, Jalen Carter for the first time this year on the thumbs down list. Um, just I think he has hit a rookie wall. And this happens, you know. This ha- this is not just a figment. When people mention the rookie wall, a lot of these guys are, you know, he's been playing in college. Their their season's over as of a couple weeks ago. They're not used to playing this deep into the season, and their bodies are not used to it either. And uh, so there's a lot of truth to that theory of, um, you know, the rookie wall. And I think Jalen's got to fight through this, man. You know, he's such an important player in his team. Uh, we need the Jalen Carter to come back, the guy that we know. And he needs to get penetration and he needs to, you know, help with the pass rush. And he had a offside call that he got lucky that it wasn't. For some reason, they called it on the uh, center for the uh, Giants, who I, I didn't see him move the ball at all. So I thought that was a bad call. And it was a critical play, too. I think it was a third down play and it moved them back. So they had to actually end up uh, punting the ball. Or kicking a field goal, I forget. But it was a it was a critical call, and uh, you know Dable on the sideline there, where the Giants was losing his mind, and I, I don't I don't blame him because they had the camera zoomed right in on the snap, and I didn't see him move the ball at all. So that was I don't know what the heck the ref was doing there. Carter was way off sides on the play, and then he ended up calling it on a, a false start on the uh, center. Uh, but anyway, I, th- I think Carter needs to uh, you know needs to get things going again. Uh, Josh Sweat. You know, you guys know, well, you guys, I shouldn't say that. Those of you who have been with me for a while know before the season started, I predicted that Sweat would lead the Eagles in sacks. And he did get off to a pretty good start. He was right there with Reddick for a while. Now, Reddick has, has since passed him in the sack count. But um, but Sweat has really kind of disappeared over the last uh, month or so. Now, I know he was – now, I'm not going to be too hard on him. Because he was playing against like the best offensive linemen, you know, he's playing against Trent Williams and San Fran, and he was playing against, uh, you know, Smith and, and Dallas. So he's had some really formidable uh, 
you know, tackles that he was going against, some of the best in the league. But against the Giants, I mean, I don't know if they had Thomas against him. I don't. I have to go back and look at the tape. I don't know if Thomas was even playing. Is he back with the Giants yet? You know, their uh, their young tackle. Um, but he didn't. You know, he was. I don't think he got in a stat sheet at all yesterday. Uh, so we need to get more out of Sweat. You know, I really, really do. Um, you know, he's got to be more of a factor going forward. And in blanket ship, I get him on a thumbs down. I didn't think he had all that great a game. Certainly, he gets. You know, I don't know if it was even his fault. So maybe I'm being too hard on blanket ship because uh, you know it's not like he had a terrible game. But when you get beat on the 70 yard touchdown pass, whether it's your coverage or not, or you're responsible. You know, you're still the last line of defense as a safety. And that guy got behind him, and, and that was a 70-yard touchdown against him. So, uh, yeah, thumbs down to him. And then, of course, I got question marks on the coaching because I think the coaching is – is I don't want to say losing the team because I think that's a little too much of an exaggeration. But there's definitely some team chemistry disruptions going on right now that they need to figure out. Uh, and, again, it's hard for me to even put my finger on exactly what it is. But it's just, it's just a little unsettling seeing what's going on in the sidelines. There was also a uh, – they caught uh, some of the coaches yelling at each other. I think it was um, the Eagles defensive line coach. It was right after the Reddick play, like him and Sirianni were yelling at each other. Um, so, I don't know. There's just there's, – there's too much stuff. I guess I'll just define it as generic in general as that going on that you just don't want to see in a team this late in the season as they're going to be preparing for the playoffs pretty soon. It's just a lot of things. They use the terminology cleaned up. The Eagles got more than just the players to clean up. There's there's coaching stuff that they need to clean up. There's just there's a lot that the Eagles need to figure out here before the playoffs start. That's for damn sure. If I haven't made that point clear enough for you, then I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Um, but uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have Matt on uh, later this week. He wants to come on. He actually uh, wants to come on and talk about uh, the Eagles a little bit more. And it's always good, I think, to have uh, you know. I'm fortunate to have Matt join the program um, as much as he can during the season because I think probably get sick of talking to me. You know, just hearing my voice all the time. And it's always good to kind of bounce ideas and have conversation with. Uh, uh, someone else and get a different viewpoint. So uh, we will have Matt uh, join us a little bit later this week. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. As always, you can email the show. Remember, at P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. So make sure you take advantage of that. Let me know your thoughts on the game and what I'm talking about here. Do you think there's some chemistry things going on with the coaching staff and the players and a little disconnection here? I mean, what are you guys' thoughts? Um, let me know. All right, so uh, take advantage of that, and I'll be here from you. Till then, we'll talk to you later this week. Fly, just fly. Take care, everyone.